Hello, everybody, and uh, welcome to the Bad Movie Reviews podcast. Don't know what episode this is. I feel like we just avoid that 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 number five. from now on. Five, probably. Uh, hosted by myself, Ben, Daniel. Um, you can, of course, join us every week. Major podcasting platforms, Spotify, um, Apple, of course, visually on, on YouTube. So if you're watching, hello. Um, movie news, not as much as last week. Um, I will touch on this one first, um, just because we kind of spoke about it a little bit last week in terms of the uh, Fantastic Four director. Um, and I know I spoke that he was linked to direct uh, the new Star Trek as well. Um, yeah. Literally 24 hours after we recorded that podcast and it went up for all you listeners, he exited, <laughs> exited that Star Trek movie. Um I know I said it was reported that he joined in, so like it's not been fully confirmed in terms of Fantastic Four, but knowing that he's now exited this, the most likely scenario is that it sort of collides with um, the the shooting of, of Fantastic yeah, Four. Yeah, correct. So, um, it shattered for, for you, I'm, I'm sure. Yeah. It's just another year that we don't know when that's coming out. <laughs> yeah, correct. Love my Star Trek, but to be fair, I'd rather have him full focus on one film. doesn't have to inherently be the one that I would prefer, but... As long as he's got his focus on one, he'll probably get to the other eventually. But it does make sense that he's um, probably chose to opt out of one to go for a Marvel. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Um, you can't deny the, the Marvel, you know, Marvel. I'd feel mine if the, they gave don't know, what I'm, don't know what I'm saying. Um, you can't <laughs> deny the, the Marvel powerhouse, I guess. Uh, yeah. You can if you're a good director, but that's fine. Um, <laughs> uh, next one, uh, Brendan Gleeson has joined the uh, Joker sequel, which we've spoken about previously obviously in regards to Lady Gaga joining it and the fact that it was a musical. So um, Brennan Gleeson joining it. Don't know who he's going to play yet. That's not being confirmed. Um, I really like this casting. I always think Brennan Gleeson should be in more films. I know you had no idea who that was until you looked him up, but that's uh, Mad-Eye Moody. No, no yeah. I knew that prior. Yeah. Oh, no, like they had the picture of him, but you were like not sure what else he'd been oh, in because yeah. it showed the Mad-Eye Moody photo and you're like, oh, he'd what's, make- he, what's he from? And then you saw the actual photo and you're like, yeah. I suck at names. So yeah. much. I um I think Brendan Gleeson's <laughs> a fantastic actor and I really like that casting. It'd be interesting to see if he plays like a well-known villain or, or hero, who knows, like whether it's just a random role. Yeah, I'm, I'm probably being real mean here, but he's probably got the uh, physique for a nice penguin, I reckon, for like a bit yeah, of an not gonna, I don't think they would cast a penguin knowing that they've just done it last year or this year, sorry, with um, Colin Farrell. In the, the Robert Pattinson Batman. Who knows? Isn't Joker not relevant to like any of the other ones? Didn't they say that it wasn't canon? Yeah, it's but like you never like... know what's going to happen, you know? Yeah, fair um, enough, fair enough. Yep. Uh, uh, this is a bit of, um, we'll move on to the next bit, a bit of Warner Bros news. Um, we've obviously spoken about them Jeez. quite a bit. God, Godzilla v Kong sequel has been announced. So it's pretty much the third film in the, or fourth film in the series um, with Adam Wingard to return to direct. I don't know about you, but I've, not really Kong Skull Island. I actually enjoyed. I felt like stylistically that film had a lot going for it. But excuse me, in terms of the actual stories of them all, I've never really don't know how they're making that much money. No idea. It's just really a nice, interesting action flick that's got no. I I don't even know if there's a story between any of it or all of them, or if any interlink or anything like that. I know that Sportsbet do a multi on it for some reason that. 
Yeah, and it was a stalemate. So no one won. Stalemate. No one won any Thank money. God if anyone in Oz knows sports bets, a betting company here in um <laughs> here in Oz. Uh, we'll jump on to the next bit of the news. This is actually connecting to Warner Bros. I feel like everyone's wanting to jump the ship. Um, yeah. Legendary Entertainment, who are a consistent collaborator with Warner Bros. Massive. Um, uh, their contract has expired, so um, they've apparently been wanting to move away. So potentially. The rumours are Sony or Paramount are very close linked to them. Um, and, and for instance, anyone who doesn't know, they're, they're already committed to do doing Dune 2. Um, that's that's a connection. And and Dune and well, as well as Godzilla v Kong are actually Warner Bros. best performing movie under the, the recent HBO Max slash same-day theatrical experience, yep. um, which is interesting. Uh, I don't know if you've, you've got any, like, Sony or Paramount, if you've got any thoughts on that. I know Dune 2, obviously, and we just spoke about Godzilla v. Kong, so whether that's legendary as well. Yeah, well, legendary massive. It's, um, look, it's a, it's a big get if you're someone like Sony or Paramount looking out there to spend some money on a pretty reputable company that's delivered some some pretty good films. Um, it is interesting. Um, mm. Next next one, uh, this is the last bit of news. Shia LaBeouf has been casted in... Um, Francis Ford Coppola's sort of opus film called Mega Megalopolis. Um, from I don't know if you know the director Francis Ford Coppola is, hasn't really directed any film for quite some time, really. Um, proper, I mean proper, like famous. Um, for anyone who doesn't know, he's directed arguably some of the greatest films of all time, pretty much all The Godfathers and um, Apocalypse Now, which is well loved as well. Um, Anyway, Megalopolis is uh, essentially it's he's wanted to make it for a while, but budget apparently rumored to be ridiculous and never had the opportunity at the time. Uh, the, the, it's a sci-fi essentially plots a, about an architect who wants to rebuild New York City as a utopia follow, following a, a devastating disaster. But the cast you have Adam Driver, Aubrey Plaza, Natalie Emanuel, <sighs> who was in. Um, was that the woman from uh, the one we saw last week? Yeah. Which was shocking, The Invitation. Um, yeah, Natalie. Yep. Yeah, it was, yeah. yeah. Well, at least she's doing something good, hey? Um, I don't know how I feel about this. I think Shia LaBeouf's a great actor, but to be honest, I don't feel like he probably should be getting any roles because he's uh, a well-known <laughs> well-known woman beater. He's a bit of a coconut smoker, that's for well, sure. Well, he's been like he, he, he went to jail for literally putting a knife to a woman's throat and threatening to kill her, so... Um, I don't know how I feel about him getting roles. I know he's a great actor, but Mega Megalopolis. You probably I don't know if you you know the information on. Is that the title of the first ever sci-fi film ever? I think that's Metropolis. Ah, oh, it's I, close. The, the, yeah, because the goes, movie with the poster with like the golden yeah it's person. Like, yeah, we're talking old as and they experience that or like yeah. utopia futuristic sci-fi. So I don't know if it's kind of like taking that idea, but that's the first thing that popped in my head was first sci-fi movie ever. Is that what they're making like a newer version of? Yeah. Um, not too sure. I'm, I'd love to see Francis Ford Coppola get the money for it. I know he's, I know it's, uh, to me it feels like it could be a similar to Avatar situation with James Cameron where he's wanted to make it for so long and only made it once he had the technology available and the budget. But apparently, <laughs> funnily enough, that he's one of the, you know, most sort of rewarded directors of all time in terms of what he's achieved. He hasn't been given the budget like studios haven't wanted to do it, which is, which is interesting. Um, but other than that, that's pretty much all we've got for movie news. What we might do, I, I know we touched on Game of Thrones a little bit last week. 
I don't really have anything to touch on the second episode, um, apart from I enjoyed it. Yeah, but, it's um, in. What we might do is that if Lord of the Rings uh, Ring of Power came out on on Friday and and we've, we have watched the first two episodes, I know it's came out that it's the most successful Amazon Prime TV show with 25 million viewers, which to no surprise, um, but impressions, obviously it's the first two episodes, but I'll let you go first. What did, what did you think? Yeah, I love it. I'm just. Oh, a, yeah, I know you. Were yeah. <laughs> you, you knew well, I was going to say I that have, instantly. I personally have relatively mixed opinions at certain aspects, but I also enjoyed it. But I'll let you go on. Oh, I loved it just because I'm kind of semi obsessed with a bit of Lord of the Rings, as you know. So it's um, I enjoyed it. Of course, it was just kind of like a build up to a lot more to come. I liked the introduction uh, of introduction. Sorry, of certain key characters. Um, Obviously, having like Elrond in there, uh, Cella Brimbor and um, Galadriel. Galadriel, which I thought was fantastic. Uh, and it was actually seeing like the scenes of like Valinor, I thought was awesome, which is that like super golden place at the end there, um, also known as the Undying Lands. If you read any of the Lord of the Rings books, it's um, yeah, I've read them all. it's where the it's where Bilbo went at like the end of the the movie. He went yeah. over to the Undying Lands. You have to be invited there with his godlike beings stuff. Anyway, sidetrack. Um, yeah, I like that. I like the introduction of the characters. I think that it was kind of just like building that foundation. I don't think a lot happened, um, which yeah. maybe is something that you that. touched yeah, on. Yeah, I'll, I'll you were going to touch that. on is I don't think a lot happened. I think it was really just like a here's a cool, super awesome like introduction to all the characters that will be present. Uh, present here's the enemy. Here's you know, Morgoth's lieutenant, Sauron, there's, mm. you know, some introductions. I can't remember what you said. The, for anyone, I mean, I'm sure you've probably watched it or if, you, if you're not watched it, you probably won't really because anyone who wants to watch it will at this point. But probably. I can't remember whose name you said, like the, the, the meteor person. You're like, oh, that's that person. I wanted to say, I actually looked that up. That's not being confirmed. Apparently it's not. And they there's rumours going around that it's, Potentially Gandalf, which would fucking infuriate me. Oh. Sorry, my language, but um, yeah, I was unsure. Who doesn't on that. speak? Yeah, because you're like, oh, now shit's gonna happen. I was like, why? And you're like, oh, it's this person. There was a couple ones. A couple rumors. Been. Yeah, I was but, unsure. Um, <laughs> the rumors online are that it might be Gandalf, which would anger me quite a bit. But um, I'll touch on my. I'll, I'll firstly touch on my my good thoughts. Um, it looks incredible. Oh. Like visually, you can tell it's expensive. Not only that, but the like this the the shots, the vistas, it all looks beautiful and it, it looks fantastic. Um, none of the like CGI looked shock like bad. It was um, quite good. I really some of the acting was quite good. Um, the specific scene with Elrond and and Durin was great, and there was like I actually felt that that connection and and those performances um in terms of my I, there's not anything i have like where i didn't like like i really didn't like but i've got some relatively mixed opinions um it doesn't feel like peter jackson's world like i know i know it's obviously a tolkien thing but like in terms of connecting to lord of the rings which you're realistically going to have to do and the hobbit yeah. because you've got existing characters it doesn't necessarily feel like his world and even the characters, which I enjoyed their performances. Um, Alron probably a bit more than Gladriel, but um, it didn't feel like a. It, it, I didn't sit there and go, "That's you know, Kate Blanchett's Gladriel, or that's Hugo Weaving's Alron." Like they just felt different in a way. Um, not only that, I also felt like the characters were unrelatable for me. One thing with Lord of the Rings, I I really um, really connect with the characters, but like even the scene with the ice troll. 
where like the, you look at the scene in Lord of the Rings with the ice troll where like Frodo and Sam are nearly in it fucking absolutely belted. Galadriel, like it's, there's a sense of like horror there. Whereas Galadriel just took the piss out of it and just in, in an instant, which I know elves are supposed to be quite thing, but even like you look at Lord of the Rings, you look at Legolas and he never really took the absolute piss out of anyone where he killed someone within two seconds. It's a massive troll. Like, you know what I mean? Like that's how I felt. I felt bored a little bit too. Like I didn't connect to any of the characters as I just said, but my thing is pay, like nothing happened really two hours in, um, to nine, nine or so hours. Cause there'll be nine episodes, two hours in, I didn't feel hooked in a sense. And I know I can sit there and say, it's setting up the characters. It's setting up this. But if you really think about it with how long the Lord of the Rings movies actually are, this whole series probably equals the three Lord of the Rings series, right? But if I'm sitting there and even on the first watch, if I'm sitting there and thinking about Lord of the Rings in the fellowship after two hours, I'm, I'm hooked. If that makes sense. Like, realistically, this isn't a TV show. This is a nine-hour movie, you know, in a way, the way they've made it. And I just didn't feel like it really hooked me like The Lord of the Rings did. And I highly doubted it would to begin with because, obviously, Lord of the Rings is one of the most coveted, loved movies of all time, movie series. But um, I'm intrigued to see where it goes. Like, I watch it. I'm, I enjoyed aspects, but I just felt like mixed feelings across the board, though, as well. I don't know how you feel that I've brought those up, but... Um, I'm keen to see what happens and where it goes, but yeah, the, the, those are my feelings. I really wanted to love it, but I felt like comparing it, I know they're fantasy shows, but comparing it like House of the Dragon has hooked me and I really like a lot of the characters in that show with the first two episodes. Obviously, that's not streaming, so they're releasing weekly. It's the same time I feel a lot more connected and re not relatable because Game of Thrones characters are a bit cooked, but <laughs> I, 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 I feel a lot more hooked to House of Dragon and see where that goes than Rings of Power. Yeah, look, that that's fair. The, um, you know, uh, Game of Thrones is obviously they're, they're humans, so humans are a lot easier relatable. Elves with their own kind of thing, it's just is all different and but it's not uh, even that because I'd like relate. I found like you know all the elves in the original trilogies likable and relatable. If that makes sense, like it's not like I'm sitting there being like fuck. Oh, I can't. I can relate to Legolas running on a twenty foot elephant. Like, like you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's more so much the characters are grounded and like likable and relatable in sense. Like they just felt. Um, How many seasons they announced? Because I think I actually don't know. Because if there's a second or third, I think you'll enjoy that a lot more. Because right now we're at the um, we're at the first age of the the entire series where it's kind of even the first age in a lot of the lore just builds up to kind of What's all the, the epic age? stuff. I think they announced it's the second age, so three thousand years before the original. Still got aspect. They've only just introduced Celebrimbor. I thought it was still first age because it was after Morgoth's um, destruction. Uh, Obviously, Morgoth's lieutenant Sauron. Sauron is then coming. I may be wrong. I thought I looked it up during because we, yeah, we were. Talking, it might be, but obviously, oh, I, look, I tend to agree. I'm just thinking, like, in terms of time and how much time invested. Like the two hours, as I said, like compared to the first two hours of that, compared to the first two hours of even the Lord of the Rings or even the Hobbit. Like the characters, it, it just kind of missed a spot for me. But I mean, who knows? We're obviously going in. To the next few episodes, it might turn a turn a corner for yeah. me. I might love it, but 
that's that's how I felt. And I, 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 not to say I didn't enjoy it. It's just I guess those are my expectations of connect, everything connected to the Lord of the Rings, which I've consumed, not so much The Hobbit, but um, I feel so deeply connected to that series. Love it. I read it as a kid, watched it as a kid, and it's just, um, a, yeah. I mean, we'll see where it goes, but um, yeah, I've got the um. I think we've got like two levels of bias and then like mine is on like just because I love it so much. Yeah, is you that, just want to consume anything, any, like anything, any, whether anything, it's, just give me whether anything. it's the shittiest movie or like, yeah, but give me it. Give me a 30-second mobile game. I'll play it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Where no, then, I'm, I'm like that. But yeah, just, I'm, yeah I, I guess I'm trying to come from a take that bias aside and come from a bit of a yeah. critical standpoint as well, which probably doesn't, doesn't Not help much happens. it makes me more annoyed in a sense. But um other than that, that was all we had in terms of TV impressions. What we might do is might take a quick um, quick drink break and we'll come back with um, our movie reviews. This week we're reviewing uh, Orphan Kills and 3,000 Years of, of Longing. So, um, yeah, well, we'll take a quick break and we'll, we'll come to you in a second. Easy. So we'll get into our review. Um, we'll touch on Orphan Kills first because we probably have a little bit less to discuss on that one than, than 3,000 Years of Longing. But... Um, Orphan Kills, obviously, uh, I mean, not obviously, but it's the the prequel to the 2009 film called Orphan, which I actually haven't seen. I know you... That's the first time ever that I reckon I've seen a film. I, I think I've seen it, but I can't <laughs> confirm. But I know you said you hadn't, and then halfway through watching this film, you're like, ah, oh, it's that film. It actually have. Um, I'll let you touch on that first, Orphan Kills. What, what, were, your, what were your thoughts? I don't know. It wasn't a... Kind of spectacular masterpiece. Probably better than the last two films we watched last week. But, oh, um, I think, mate, I could watch a shit stain. I could watch, <laughs> yeah, like I could watch a video of me, yeah, taking a massive. <laughs> Sorry. Anyway, my um, my my language, yeah, yeah. Uh, look, I I um, I know you're probably going to touch on it. I think I already saw on your notes. It it, it headed in a direction I didn't think it would because I wasn't sure how you're going to have a prequel to this kind of character that's already like a psychopath and blends their way into like a family and then manipulates them all and then sometimes they kill them, sometimes they don't, sometimes you just steal stuff. It's kind of a bit of everything. And I was like, oh, it's just going to be another one of those movies. And mm. it wasn't like that at all. And I'm sure you're going to touch on the same thing. I was not expecting the plot to go in the direction it did. And for me, that's actually what made the movie a lot better was it actually broke oh, all yeah, those it, expectations. And yeah. um, look – I enjoyed it. I thought some of the um the the shots were pretty cool. I thought she was kind of she the it was very well acted. Um, the little the the it girl. It was well the, acted. It was weirdly done because it thirty year old like yeah, woman. it's the same woman who played the orphan in the first movie. So she's technically playing a younger version of herself that she played fourteen years ago. She CGI. I don't even oh know yeah, that. no, like yeah, like you CGI would onto a young body, yeah, yeah. yeah I was you, can, you can kind of tell in the, the the shots where it's not just like it. If you haven't noticed, ninety percent of the scenes with her are all close ups, which are done on purpose. And then there's certain scenes where it shows like a, you know, like a shot, but it's always her like back or like not her face. From Lord of the Rings, brother, they did the same thing. And they, yeah. they used to cut scenes and place them over the top of each other. Anyway, yeah. sidetracked Lord of the Rings. Uh, I enjoyed the more the movie. Um, I, I thought it was pretty good. There wasn't too much to, I guess, kind of touch on other than that that plot, I think. It made the movie a lot more enjoyable. I would recommend that people watch it, but I wouldn't say it was a kind of spectacular film. I think it's a movie. It's a like, movie. Uh, it's not, yeah. Um, I mean, I, I guess I'll, that's, I mean, you kind of finished off there, I guess, so I'll, I'll touch on my my thoughts. Um, it was well acted. Like, I'll, get, I'll give that props. I must say... Um, 
the plot twist was really interesting. I didn't necessarily expect that specifically to happen, but when watching the film, I actually kind of did say to you, I was like, something's, something's off. Um, but that that kind of did make the payoff and make the movie a lot more interesting. But other than that, it's it's a whatever movie, to be honest. Like, it, it, it exists. It's not... I don't know where it's going, though, to be honest, because, like, it's not scary at all. No, it's, it's, not, it's not really scary whatsoever. It's kind of like a thriller, but it doesn't make you feel... It never made me feel uncomfortable or like, I know you said the first one made you feel really uncomfortable. Um, this one never made me sit there and go that the, like, you know, like, yeah, like I, I winced more at watching the invitation and the beast, even though they weren't scary. It was just more that they were bad. But, um, <laughs> but <laughs> this film just never made me feel anything really. It was just kind of like had the plot twist. I was like, yeah, that's, you know, kind of, kind of yeah. cool. Interesting, kind of interesting. But, um, other than that, I must say, and I actually said this to you, that the the CGI was possibly some of the worst CGI I've ever seen. It actually topped Beast and Invitation at times. I don't even reckon I noticed it. Are we talking about the end in the house fire? Sorry to touch on spoilers. Oh, my God. We actually yeah. said, oh, you actually geez. said, you're like, why does this look like? Oh, I completely forgot about that last <laughs> scene like it didn't happen. Bear in mind, like the seed, like there's not much CGI in the movie at all, and it, no. like it looks fine, and then it's yeah. to the point like it reaches like a big budget, you know, ending where something's happening and there's a lot going on, um, and it just looks shocking, like it looks real bad. I don't know what the budget is, um, because I tried to look it up, but it didn't state it. Um, I'm actually upset thinking about that CGI now. Now that I've had a rethink yeah. about it, yeah. No, um, <laughs> look, I don't think it's necessarily an awful film. I think like if you enjoy. Like not creepy. If you just enjoy like a a bit of a movie, like a bit of a movie that kind of makes you, you sit there, you think you bit of a plot twist, then by all means go see it. I don't think it's anything special. I think it's one of those just movies to to potentially see on a Wednesday night when you're not doing anything. Oh, you know this is on at at eight. Let's go watch it. But um, I mean that's our sort of review for for that one. But we'll we'll jump on to three thousand years of longing, which I know. Daniel's probably a bit keen to talk about it, and even I am. Um, for anyone who doesn't know, it's it's George Miller's um, a, a fellow Australian, George Miller's newest film that's um, starring Idris Elba and Tilda Swinton, essentially about a, 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 a scholar or was it a scholar. Um, she narrates, or was it? Yeah. I she works with <laughs> books and tells stories and yeah. she essentially finds a, a, a little um, bottle and, and uncovers a, a genie and wants three wishes basically that's I guess the plot that or it gets three wishes that's basically the plot in the most bare bones way possible um we will probably chat spoilers so we'll let you know that point but um I guess we'll if you want to just chat about the movie first and then we can get into the sort of more in-depth discussion what were your what were your initial feelings on the movie might have some initial thoughts so we might just take a break and then run through some of those spoilers because I've got a fair bit to touch on um I really like the film Actually, I went in thinking, oh, was he stitching up for you? You know what? I just have these ideas in my head that sometimes that I'm like, this is not going to go in a direction I'm going to like, but, you know, I'm going to put my heart and soul into it and give it a go, and thank God I did because it was a good film. And it got me thinking a lot more than I thought it did. And it took a while for my old brain to tick over and realise kind of what was what I thought was going on. What um, your inter- yeah, interpretation yeah, I, I, and that's one of the best parts about it too is actually you can watch the whole film and have an interpretation of it. And then watch it again. I reckon I could think of something completely different that would contradict everything that I'm currently thinking. Mm. Um, I thought it was very thought provoking. I thought it was well cast and well acted. Um, 
I think there was a lot of um, what do you call it, like deliberate shots um, when you everything's of, there for a reason. Yeah, yeah. I um, I, I really enjoyed it. Um, there's not much really to, that I kind of going to touch on unless I get really into that plot. Yeah, just um, bare but, bones what your thoughts were. Yeah, yeah I, getting... I enjoyed it. Definitely worth a watch. Have a think. Would love to hear everyone's thoughts on it. What, what about yours? Um, yeah, no, I, I, I really enjoyed it. Um, I'm a big fan of George Miller. I love his – one of his, my favourite movies of all time, Mad Max Fury Road. Obviously, this is a complete departure from that kind of <laughs> um, kind of film. I thought the directing was fantastic and the both performances by Idris Elba and, and Tilda Swinton were – were really well done and it, it, they had great chemistry, which kind of made you you believe everything that was going on. Mm. Um, I really enjoyed the fact that it kind of leaned into the COVID era of a movie, if that makes it like it would have been made through COVID, but it was all about like, you can tell it was you know made in 90% of it in a hotel room, two people, everyone was rumored like, not that I, not that I, not that I think it's a bad route. I just think like it, it, it kind of goes that route. Well done. Mm. At times the movie looks fantastic, but then it, at some times it looks some of the CGI is very iffy. Um, that's probably my only bare bones negative thought. But um, and the, the the other thing I really wanted to touch on is that the sound design is oh, is yeah. second to none. Like sound design in this film is is unreal at times, and and even the score um, who Junkie XL I believe did it who did Bad Max Fury Road um, score was really good. But um, I guess other than that. Um, I highly recommend everyone going to see it as Daniel kind of touched on. And as I've kind of briefly touched on, it's, it's a film where you can kind of watch it and go, Oh, you know, that's a good romantic movie or that's a good, you know, movie about telling stories or something like that. Yeah. But um, some other people might really look at it in depth or not even in depth, but some people will really have different interpretations of this, which I think is good because it gets people talking. And I guess that's what, I mean, I personally love about movies. I always love seeing a movie, chatting to my friends, seeing what they thought. But um, I get, I highly recommend seeing it. What we'll do, uh, for anyone who hasn't seen it, I'd probably recommend maybe stop listening there and, and go and see it. What we might do here is we'll take a quick break and we'll actually get into an in-depth in, in kind of talk about what our personal thoughts and interpretations are because it's definitely one to get talking. So um, if you, if you haven't listened, if you haven't seen the movie and want to, we'll probably listen to us, listen to us next week. If, if um, otherwise, if you just want to listen to us talk, talk about the spoilers, we'll, uh, we'll chat to you in a second. Easy. So for anyone who's continued to listen, uh, you're obviously wanting to hear our in-depth, relatively spoiler discussions in terms of 3000 years of longing Um Otherwise, if you if you're still listening and you haven't seen it, then um, and you want to, then you probably <laughs> flick off uh, after my fourth warning. Um, in in terms of, I guess my my thoughts, I I, I probably want to chat on one thing first. That I guess you can kind of really get two different things, or a few different things from this movie. Uh, you can kind of watch it and. What I really enjoyed is I think it's like deep down it's a it's a really nice movie about telling stories and things like that. But I actually think it really does and sort of looks into story of love really well, um, especially with the the specific stories that the gin tells um, at, at in uh, in the hotel room. One thing I didn't actually touch on before is personally, I felt like I really, really relished everything in the hotel room, the telling stories, the going back in time. And I felt like when they went to London, I know you were the actual opposite. When they went to London, I felt like it lost me a bit because it kind of 
traveled astray a little bit from what the original hour and 40 minutes, hour and 20 minutes, sorry, yeah. was doing. But um, the, the kind of the first story that the djinn tells is um, kind of a story about, you know, we can't control who we love, um, which it's just super interesting. And the, and the second story, it's kind of talks or kind of, I guess, is an exposition on, on love comes in all, all shapes and forms and um, we need to accept that. And the, I guess the third story that he also goes through is you, you can't force someone to love you um, yeah. with the, the woman who, who wants to learn everything. Um, and, and the main story between the, the djinn and, and um, I forgot her name, uh, Alithia, um, I guess true, true love and true care for people kind of, comes from i guess giving complete freedom and thought and complete freedom over their thoughts and emotions and actions it's um essentially i don't want to touch i guess too deep into it but um spoiler wise obviously i kind of have to touch on it in terms of when they, they talk about longing and that's the thing i think the film i mean it's in the title longing and love and i think it kind of looks at looks at both pretty heavily but and kind of what the difference is between the two and and what people desire obviously they talk about what women desire but what people desire and um it's interesting that that was kind of one of her wishes is i want you love me and that was the whole thing of like i found that interesting because the whole story of the second one was or the first third one is he wanted her to love her, right? And he didn't allow her to wish because he loved her so much. He just wanted to be around her regardless of if it's I'm confined to this space. And then she wished that and he's like, as you wish, right? But then obviously he gets ill because of all the electromagnetic waves. He doesn't deal well with the um, all that situation in terms of technology because it's it's later in life. And um, she lets him free, right? Because, you know, love. You love someone, let them go. And it's interesting, obviously, they... they he he was forced to love her because it was a wish, but it's actually him, you know, as I said, it's complete freedom over their thoughts, emotions. And, and now that he's not like with her, he actually, at, at the end of the film, he obviously travels back to see her every every so often. But um, that that's kind of what I really, um, I guess, what, the, what I kind of thought uh, overall the story was about. Um, obviously, there's certain theories about, I'm sure what you were to touch on, like or even watching it, I can kind of, there's stuff there that which made me feel like it's all an interpretation, th- it's all an imagination thing by Lithia. And then there's stuff where I think um, that were deliberately planted there to make me think maybe it's not, maybe it is happening. And then there was stuff there to make, make me think the main character is actually also a djinn, which I'll get into, but I'll actually let you chat a little bit because I've probably rambled on, <laughs> rambled on, but I'll let you um, chat about sort of your thoughts and, and what you thought in terms of the, your interpretation. Yeah, well, um, I think you've touched on some really good points there, actually, that maybe I hadn't even thought about. Um, and I, when we were talking about it previously, it's not that I didn't enjoy the hotel scene and it wasn't until they went to um, London. It was. I know you meant like in terms of the way the story went. Yeah, yeah. I, I just like the first part I was like, oh, that's interesting. It's a nice story, but like what's its relevance? And then it hit London and I was like, oh. And like obviously I had my interpretation by the time they hit London. The first thing I see when she walks into a house is a photo of the gin's eyes and bodies and legs on the wall, as in like it's just art she's got around the house. He's already him. And I was like, oh, it's this maybe 
that's kind of weird. I don't know how she's already got these photos. And then the neighbours popped up. And then I was like, now I get it. Now I get it. In um, It's actually something that we kind of talked about a little bit last week, Bioshock, obviously with the movie, things like that. Uh, they actually kind of invented a mythological psychology thing of the lettuce twins, which are um, two twins kind of sometimes talk over each other at the same time, have differing opinions. They actually have the ability to like perceive different realities and stuff like that, um, which will go on to some of my points later why that's important, that they can perceive different kind of realities. Um, but I thought the whole story was actually about, um, I think it was very much about love and longing. And I think it's, it's, it's important on mental health too and how mental health affects love and longing and relationships and she always felt like oh, she I'm had to press, bro. Yeah. <laughs> fair, fair, same. Um, she always felt like she had this most complete life, but in times of where she struggled the most, whether it was life, death, sickness, being in the orphanage or asylum, or whatever she was in, it kind of doesn't really go into either or. Um, when she was at her worst time, she kind of created or found love to kind of fill that void. And it never actually ever filled the void because it was never real. And, yeah, I think it kind of touches on. Love isn't real yet, correct? I think it, <laughs> I think it touches on, um, yeah, kind of how like mental health and love all combine all together. I think the whole thing was kind of made up all in her head, personal opinion there. Um, but I think that the story itself is all about how love affects mental health and mental health affects love and that, you know, she was in a bad place in her life where she was so depressed she started hallucinating and she fell in love with this gin and she actually kind of got him down to a point of where he was nearly dying and he was trying to do the right thing and be with her while she's not in a state where well, she could actually. Because it was a wish, yeah. Yeah, and he, he wasn't mentally capable of taking care of someone who was so mentally unstable and same with her. She couldn't, you know, fill those voids that, she needed to to feel that. And then so it was by the time she actually accepted it, started to work on it, finished what she needed to do, worked on herself, that it was a good time for them to, in the relationship, to come back together. That's what I thought it was all about at least. That's kind of half of my thoughts on that one. Yeah. No, I I, I, I had moments where I thought this is in her imagination and there are bits that really lean into that in terms of obviously there's the exp exposition that she talks about that she created the childhood friend and, and – um even obviously the fact that she she really delves into fairy tales and obviously she writes the book at the end saying this is my fairy tale, blah, blah, yeah. blah. Um, I also thought there were certain things that kind of though lent into the fact that maybe it is all real, which was like the, the situation where she goes through the airport and she's trapped the genie in that little glass jar and it goes off and I thought maybe that's because the electromagnetic waves are in the glass. Hmm, I like that. Um. And then obviously there's the, I know you said the twins bit, but even though like she introduces them, they obviously look up, but the main bit obviously towards the end of the film where he's kicking, kick the soccer ball, the kids actually react to that. But you could also play in, you know, she's imagining it. So it's a it's hard, hard one, but yeah, I, I know they talk about obviously like uh, half gins as well um, in the movie. They actually talk about the possibilities of that. And I actually thought that might be a situation where she was actually half gin. The main reason is 
um, as you can tell, Jin's a storyteller at the end of the day. Um, and, and she was heavily a storyteller, as you can tell, that was, I mean, her occupation, that was what she, she did. She was also a solitary creature and that's what she actually called herself. Yeah. Um, one thing they chat about is the fact that their first relationship, which obviously really sort of left her affected heavily mentally, um, the main reason her husband left her was because she couldn't conceive. And that was one of the things I touched on is um, half gins actually can't have, have babies. Um, the movie, she also sees supernatural creatures. You've, you've got the little thing at the, the airport, the at, yep. the at the keynote speech. She's also directly led to the bottle at the, at the shop in Turkey, um, which they, they chatted about in the second story where one of them was the half gin. He went straight to the, the bottle as well. Um, she hears the, I mean, you t- chatted about this, but she also hears the multiple voices from the neighbors. So it was talking over each other. And that was, that was something where it complained to obviously the frequencies and things like that. But also obviously she heard the same frequencies at times with the sound design. She actually heard the same frequencies as um, the gin. Idris Elba's character, yeah. the, gin, the gin. So there were moments where I thought, oh, okay, maybe she's half gin, which, which isn't necessarily a, I guess a major plot point really. It's just things you pick up on. And, and I, I'm sure when watching again, which I 100% will, you'll pick up on things because I know you just chatted about the fact that you entered her house and you see a photo or painting of the gin and I actually didn't even notice that. And <laughs> with with the, the film, I didn't notice that, but 99% of the film, there are things that you pick up on the, the frame, in the frame where it might not be in focus, but you pick up on things that are obviously directly and deliberately put there. Um, mm. But I think it's heavily a film where you, you really have your interpretation. You can think obviously it's all in the imagination. You can think... It's not. It's real. You can, as I said, you could sit there and think, "Oh, it's just a, a love story." Uh, uh, it's it's an interesting one, but I, I guess you had some notes. I don't know if you had anything you, you didn't really well, touch on in terms of that. I was going to touch on a few more things, but um, funny enough, your your theory then actually makes a little bit more sense with some of the points I was going to say. Oh, go on. You can bring them up. Well, half gin, right? It's because I'm like, okay, she's a she's a psychopath. She's got things going. Well, she's not a psychopath. She's got things going wrong she's upstairs. Not a she's she's it, there's a lot going on. There's a few nuts there. and bolts not working up there. Is what I'm thinking. Because she's got obviously she goes through this uh, childhood trauma and she ends up having a imaginary friend. Um, oh, God, I can't Eros, remember. Name. Yeah. I think his name was or something like that. It was started with an E. Um, anyway, she has this imaginary friend. He obviously disappears once she starts to become better. And I'm like, well, because she's just kind of filled that void, but. Um, mm. The end, the point I was going to make with that is she goes, um, when she's talking to the djinn, um, she goes, um, I've always, oh, sorry, the djinn says to her, um, you always wanted him to be real. She said, yeah, I always wanted him to be real. And she goes, and now I'm here. He says, now I'm here. Yeah. Or something along the lines of that. So pretty much confirmed that he was I kind, kind of thought of that, that or, but then it also, I, I thought that originally I was like, that's a weird weird dialogue like line of dialogue but yeah but um i don't know whether that was just a thing about like oh like you know like when you have that someone in need i'm here like that was what i thought it was originally i was like it's a weird line but then yeah yeah, um, you could look into it yeah yeah, your uh your half gin theory makes a lot more sense now because i only unless you're granting a wish you actually no one else can see a gin because um just the way things are in the magical world or whatever, but a jinn can in, see another one and vice versa. Mm. So because she's half, then she would be able to see a 
another creature, imaginary, uh, sorry, another, another genie, magic yeah, creature. creature. Yeah. Um, and that's why she only sees them in like glimpses here and there is because she's part here and there. That makes a lot more sense. You make some good points there. <laughs> um, yeah, well, that makes sense. And then obviously, I don't know, there could be something to do with the neighbours there. The neighbours have the ability to, if it follows that psychology thing that Bioshock invented back in like 2000 and. Uh, 11 or whatever it is and it's been used a few times in a couple of movies or other games now where they can perceive other realities that was going to be my point to say that also you know she's a psychopath but if she's part gin um, and they can perceive other realities well then there's an idea that they could also perceive that so man there's so much to think I about think, with this I think movie. you probably in terms of word maybe is just she's not okay Rather than psychopath. <laughs> Upstairs. Yeah, it's a bit just, like myself. There's a few, a few yeah, things a few missing. Um, yeah. I mean, it's definitely something you can you can watch and I think pick up on on multiple things. It's mm. not it's not like an ending like Inception where like there's a lot of discussion about it in terms of like being ambiguous. It's like the movie does end and it's like it's just, I guess, your interpretation of certain yeah. aspects in the film. So I agree. Um I, I I really loved it though, and I think um, everyone watches it and, and gets something different. And um, watch it a couple of times. I want to watch it again. Yeah, yeah. I, I would um I would recommend watching it and watching it twice. And I feel like it's it's definitely something like I feel like Nope as well, where it's like you probably watch it again and you pick up on on things. And that's kind of a film where it, where it really did end as well. And it's not ambiguous. It was like there's an ending, but it's not like. A, a film, you know, I don't know if you actually. I was going to say a film, but you haven't seen it. I was going to say Prisoners, but um, there's certain films where it'll end and it's like, oh shit, you know, it ended on a not a cliffhanger, but like a questionable thing where like, oh, is that the way this is? That's the way. Um, but no, I definitely think it's a, it's a great movie, and I highly recommend recommend watching it. Um, other than that, do you sort of have anything? Or is that kind of all no, you just, had to touch on? Yeah, I could just rabble on forever. That's pretty much all I'll touch on for now. Yeah, easy. Well, um, other than that, that's kind of all we had to touch on this week. We'll, we'll be back next week. I'm not exactly sure what we'll be reviewing at this stage because I'm not too sure what, what comes out. But um, other than that, you can catch us on all all podcasting platforms, Spotify, Apple Music, or Apple, not Apple Music, Apple Podcasts, but um, Amazon as well, and obviously the visual aspect on, on YouTube. But... Other than that, we hope you had a, uh, a great day and, and enjoyed listening and we'll chat to you next week. Thanks, everyone.